Hello, I'm Richard Moore, and you're welcome to What About You? This podcast is all about providing the opportunity for people to share their personal story. This season, or this series, is focusing on people who have been wrongly accused. In this podcast, I'm talking to Maureen McKelvey, who was a sub-postmistress in the village of Clannabogan, just outside Oma, here in Northern Ireland. Maureen, with her husband Ronnie, had four children, two girls and two boys. But sadly, 35 years ago, they lost their young 13-year-old daughter, Amanda, to cancer. In the early 90s, Maureen and Ronnie bought the shop and the post office in the village of Clannabogan. But just about a year and a half after they bought the business, tragedy struck again for Morning when her husband Ronnie passed away. Despite all of this, Morning went on to run a very successful business until she became a victim of the now well-known and well-publicised British post office scandal. Between 1999 and 2015, over 900 sub-postmasters and mistresses across the UK and Ireland were wrongly accused of theft, false accounting and fraud because of shortfalls at their branches. These shortfalls were due to errors in the post office's Horizon software system. Marnie McKelvey was one of those sub-postmistresses. I put a lot of money into this, so... I decided with Stephen that we would go to court. Some people in the community would have been blaming you for taking the money. We proved them to be telling lies. In the post office, we could watch them on our screen, moving the mouse about. And we were told that nobody else was on that screen and we were responsible for it. Morning. that morning when the four guys that were suited and booted and carrying briefcases walked into your shop and demanded the keys to the post office and accusing you of stealing and taking money and all that sort of stuff, that must have been really frightening. Oh, I, I wasn't shocked. Actually, the workmen that were in the shop, some of them asked me, was I okay, did they need any help? Because they were standing watching all this, couldn't believe what was going on. And... Uh, to be quite honest, I don't know how I got through that day. I had to tell all the people that were coming for their pensions to come into the shop that the post office was closed. I couldn't give them a reason. I just said I didn't know what had happened, but we couldn't operate the post office today. And some of them was very annoyed. Some of them wanted to know why, um, but I couldn't tell them why. And were they annoyed with you? They were annoyed with me, yeah, because they had come... You know, the elderly got a lot of people to lift them and bring them down to do their bit of shopping and to get their pensions. And I couldn't do it for them. And they were annoyed, yes. And some of them was... uh, Well, you know, some people in the community then wanted to know what the details was and what I'd done. Then it got... Some people in the community would have been blaming you for taking the money, 
Um, even though I have to say there was a lot of good customers that supported me and told me that, that, you know, once it would come back, they'd be back again. And um, But I had an awful time now, those days ahead. I, I can hardly remember them, to be honest. And then I had uh, a rupture in my thyroid gland on the side of my neck. Mm -hmm. And a lump came up on my neck, so I was worried then. So I had to go then and get uh, it uh, operated on. And my thyroid had ruptured, the doctor told me. So I had to have it removed. It was a complete mess. So when you went home that day, obviously, who did, did you talk to anybody? Did you phone anywhere? Was there any place to go for you? Well, that day then after they left, I did. I rang my solicitor and I got a great solicitor, um, wee fella Stephen, came to me and he uh, he tried to speak to the post office no more. He went in with me to see what was wrong and they still couldn't give us an answer. But we were waiting on head up post office to come back to us with some sort of an answer and they didn't really. They just maintained that what they put through to the Oma post office was that there was money taken and that I needed to pay it back or I'd be going to court. Well, I sat about and sat and thought about this for a long time and I thought, well, you know what? I've took no money. In fact, they owe me money. I've put a lot of money into this. So I decided with Stephen that we would go to court and whatever bits of evidence and stuff I could gather together, I would go to court with them. Have you calculated what sort of amount of money that you put in your shell over those well, years? I would have put in thousands too. So you put thousands into the business. Mm -hmm. They come and they close you down mm -hmm. without any warning, even no. though you've been talking to them on the helpline and trying to get the issue yeah. sorted out, yeah. despite all your best efforts. That's right. And it left you, obviously, embarrassed in front of the local community. Oh, yeah, totally. And, um, and, and my, my children too, you know what I mean? Very hard for them in the community after all that had happened. Um, they went away to get work and stuff because, it, I mean, it, there wasn't anything local for them. And why was there nothing local? Because people, you know what I mean, people have a way in small communities, like if you do something in the family like that, you're classed as a thief, really. And you felt that? Oh yeah, very much so. And it wouldn't have mattered what I'd done, so that's why I left the shop. I, then I had to get rid. I had to get uh, away from it. I couldn't, you know, people were judging me. I could see it in them. God, that's terrible. Eh? Mm -hmm. I mean, how did you cope with that? Well, not very well, to be honest. I had a very rough few years waiting to go to court to clear my name. And we kept pushing them to go to court. We had meetings in Belfast with them where they lined out what days that I had took money and how they'd done that because it always was... In my days in the post office, we could watch them on the, our screen moving the mouse about, you know, and we were told that nobody else was on that screen and we were responsible for it and we were responsible for any shorts. 
Now, whenever I rang them up about that too, I can see somebody on my screen. Why is there somebody on my screen? We're working on icons and it'll be okay. But that wasn't true. I know that now. But why, what do you think they were doing or what do you know? Oh, well, they had to be taking money out of our system. My God, they were taking money out of the system. Well, Allegedly. that's proven now that they uh, were taken. Yeah. Oh, that's definite, isn't mm -hmm. it? Oh, where were they taking the money to? Siphoning it back through. That's what they've said on these hearings. And why would the they post do that? Office. Well, apparently the post office wasn't a bad way of going because it spent so much money on this new Horizon system and this Horizon system wasn't workable. It wasn't working from day one and they knew it, but they couldn't go back on it. And two of the companies that built the system, the computer system would not sign off on it because it was so badly working. But if somebody had told us this and said, we'll work with you till we get it working right. And instead of keeping us in limbo and stress and worry for years, and then taking the heavy hand with us and taking us to court. But we found it hard, as I say, to get them to court. And in the meetings in Belfast was horrendous too. They were anything but nice. My solicitor had to stop them a number of times, insulting and shouting at me and saying that I took the money. And eventually we did get to court in Dungannon Court. And when and, was that? Oh, that was back in 2005, I think. So that would have been how many years after the whole... It closure. was 2006, sorry. It was about two and a half years. They kept me waiting. And my mental stress and anxiety was just through the roof. But we had a good outcome in the court. Now tell us about the court case then. Well, it was horrendous because every day they were trying to... Um, what the judge said, um, you are uh, really giving this woman uh, a very bad image because they were making me look like I was a thief. I had no reputation. I was literally no good. That's what they were trying to do in court. And the judge could see it. And when we had the week finished with them, I'm glad to say that the jury, the 13 jury members, were all for me and the judge. And we proved them to be telling lies because we did have some of the dockets that they said that I took the money on. And in uh, one of those days, I hadn't even done the post office because it was the manager in Oma that had done the post office and he was doing a balance in the post office because the money had been short all along. So one of the days they were accusing you of taking mm -hmm. money, you weren't even in the post office? No. So we sorted it out that day and I was told by the judge that um, 
To leave the courtroom, Mrs. McKelvey, he says, hold your head up high, leave the courtroom and don't look back at them. And when I went out through the double doors into the hallway, I was told then that I couldn't speak to the press. Some of them was there. That I was still under contract for the post office and I was told to go to my car. Who told you that? Two guys standing outside. And who were these guys? I don't know. You don't know? I never was introduced to any of them, except the ones that was in court with me, but um, I was just told to uh, nicely leave the building and don't speak to anyone. You're not still under contract, which I didn't think I was at the time. And my solicitor was still inside because the judge had said he wanted a word with him and he, want, he had a word with the post office and he said that uh, they were really giving me a hard time and he could see through them. He said they were very bad in the sense he wasn't happy with them. Do you any fear going to court? I know you knew oh, you I were had. innocent. Yeah. yeah, I had a fear that they kept telling me that I was looking at 10 years when I went to Belfast to them. If you don't give us the money or admit to this, you're looking at 10 years. And the morning before I left the house to go to the court, I had my affairs all sorted out. I, had, uh, I would have to sell the shop and try and get the money back for the bank and uh, the mortgage on the house had to be covered and, and my family was going to help me with that. Um, for the, the young fellas that were coming home at the weekend and stuff, I had a niece that was doing her nursing and she was going to be there with them. So it was a bad outlook now to be leaving the house and not knowing if you were going to come back or not. And who, who went to the court with you? Nobody. I went myself because I didn't want to drag, you know, my mother and them. They were too old to be dragged into it. Um, and I wanted the, my niece and stuff to be there for my young ones. So I went and met the solicitor myself and sat through it myself. Come back to that morning when you were mm -hmm. heading to the court, probably for the last day in court. Like how was, how did you feel leaving the house with all that in your mind? Well, to tell you the truth, I got through it, but I had a lot of medication. I had, yes, I had to use it to get myself to a, a stage that I could handle it. I had anxiety attacks and I had uh, a lot of sleepless nights, but uh, Something inside me made me go for it. It's amazing strength, Maureen, you know. Well, it is, but I have a good belief. Coming up in the next episode. All of the losses I had with my daughter and husband, 
um, it, it really opened that up on me too and uh, I didn't think it could take much more. I thought, you know, we were in a, a good country where you were innocent to prove guilty, but they had me guilty from day one. I would just ask them, have they got a conscience? Did they ever think about what they did do? I would like to thank Marnie McKelvey for taking part in this podcast and sharing what was a very, very difficult story for you, Marie. I want to thank my production team, Ursula Murr and Enya Murr. Without your help, it wouldn't be possible to produce a podcast like this. I want to give a big shout out to the Silver Birch Hotel in Oma. At the very last minute, they gave us a room in their business centre to record this podcast. Thanks very much. Finally, I want to thank all of you for listening.